Welcome to Capability Amplifier, the show for business owners and entrepreneurs who want high-performance upgrades for their brains, bodies, and bank accounts. Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and this is the Capability Amplifier, and Mike Koenigs is in San Diego today. A little bit arrogant, as people who live in beautiful weather always do. Not arrogant, but certainly confident. So, you know, we're going to touch on the subject of energy today. In the past, we've completed what we do from a physical wellness testing uh, standpoint, but here we're just zeroing in on energy and the use of energy, being able to generate more energy for yourself, but also being coached on this by people who have greater capability in this area. You know, it's one of the things just as a way of kicking this off, Mike, that whenever I tell strategic coach clients, some of whom I've had for 25 years, that I have an energy coach, they're all ears. Who's an energy coach? How do energy coaches work? So Yeah, what is an energy coach, Dan? Let's yeah. just get there because someone's going to be like, what is that? Sounds woo-woo. Yeah. Well, first of all, they come in a lot of different dimensions. Generally speaking, it's an individual who has self-transformed or self-healed. And in the process of that, they've discovered particular ways of thinking, particular ways of organizing yourself, and certain ways of interacting with other people that creates energy rather than takes energy away. And can you give me an example of how you may have had either low energy or maybe felt out of alignment or something was wrong, you engaged your energy coach who came and did something with you, and then as a result of that, something changed. Kind of tell us a story and take us through a continuum of from the time you knew you had it until something happened, and then you got some sort of a result. What's that like? Well, I'll organize it in terms of time dimensions. So there was energy that I was losing because of the past, there was energy that I was losing because of the way I was operating in the present, and there was energy being lost in the way that I contemplated the future. So that's just a general organization. What I've come to understand, and it's a specific individual that I'm talking about, his name is Kim White. Kim is from Australia, from Perth, which is the furthest western city if you go west from Perth, you hit Africa, so that kind of tells you where it is. But Kim was an Olympic miler. He was in the training to be an Olympic miler in the 70s and 80s. As a matter of fact, he's the only individual that I know personally who's run a mile under four minutes. You know, And the world's record, by the way, right now is 343, so it's 17 seconds under four. And that's just a sprint for less than four minutes, but it's an all-out sprint. But he was training, and in order to train where he thought it would do him the most good, he didn't train in Australia, which is fairly flat. He went to Arizona to Flagstaff, which is a mile above sea level. And he did all of his training there, and he did his mile on an indoor track, which is more difficult than an outdoor track because there's more turns. He was going into the trials for the Olympic Games, and he injured himself, and he had never been injured in his life. And, you know, you miss the window for that type of training, and then 
it's hard to find another window for it. It's usually a four-year period when you're going to do it. You're in your 20s, mid-20s is a good time to do it. He kind of got set back by this, not so much physically. He recovered physically, but he got set back emotionally and psychologically by it. You know, why have I never been injured before? And now I got injured right before the biggest challenge and biggest event of my life. And through a series of consulting with other people and actually talking this through, he came out that for the rest of his life, he could tell a story that he was on his way to the Olympics, but he got injured rather than the fact that he got to the Olympics and he didn't even show. So he said, I had a story. I got injured so I would have a story why I didn't win at the Olympics. And then he just began saying, well, where does this come from? And then he's just started delving into mindsets that he had developed in childhood, you know, and where he was in the present. And he just began to say, I create energy in myself that was a negative energy, and it just decided to hit me physically to manifest. You use the word manifest, Mike. The fact is, when you get to the Olympics, you can be a really great miler, you can be a sub-miler, but you're up against people who are probably better than you, and only three of them get to stand up at the end of the competition, and two of them feel really crappy because they didn't stand in the middle. So it's a high-stakes game from a psychological and emotional standpoint, any kind of competition like that. So the thing is that he began to just delve into this. You know, what is it about how we handle energy? And he went to a person who is a Vietnam veteran, a U.S. Marine, who actually lives in your neighborhood. And he's got people like Kim all over the world who come to him for training. And there's no end to it, being able to delve into other people's energy situation. Long story short, I met him 12 years ago, and I've done about 250 sessions with him. And I can do it by telephone, I can do it by Zoom, and I can do it personally. He lives in Vienna, Austria, and when he comes to the United States, he stays with us and will spend a week, week and a half, and then other people who want to use his services come to our house. So when you're in Chicago next time, Mike, and you want to have a session, Kim will be there. You know, he's a Australian, down-to-earth, and everything like that, but I'll give you an example. Can I give you an example? So you know my yes. strategic coach workshops, and I got big room, and I have a lot of people in it, and I coach close to 600 people every quarter, and I've got a pretty wide bandwidth for different kinds of people, but there's particular people that really bug me and bother me, and I'll get hooked. I'll get hooked by them. So I'll give you a typical example. Can I tell you the ones that hook me? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear this. This is interesting. They're not the wild ones like you, Mike. They're not the people who walk up one wall across the ceiling and walk down the other wall, you know, who have lots to say and they're very active. They're the people who kind of sit with their arms folded like that, and I get no feedback from them at all, but periodically you'll see them lean over to a neighbor and they'll whisper something. They kind of hook me. There's kind of a energy that hooks in the room, and they start to control me by their non-responsiveness. And I can tell you where they sit. They always sit at the back closest to the door to get out. So interesting. Why don't you just fire them, Dan? I'm just curious. Well, that would be too overt. That'd be too overt. So 
Kim is there. Again, I can phone him or I can Zoom him as we're doing right here, or he's there and I can meet with him. So he has a room in our, that's just his room. I'll go in and he says, okay, what's on your mind now? I said, I got another one that bugs me. And he says, okay. He says, tell me his name. And I tell him, it's usually a man, so very seldom is it a woman. He says, okay, I want you to close your eyes and visualize him. I said, visualize him. Okay, now feel what you feel when you're hooked. And I do. And he says, okay, now sit quietly. And 10 minutes later, he says, okay, now think of him. And I said, I can't. And feel the feeling. I said, I can't. He says, gone. And from that point forward, I'm unhooked. And the next time I am in the workshop with this person, I see what the person is doing, but it doesn't hook me. So I'm not affected at all, but they are affected by the change in me. And one of two things happen. They either leave the program after that workshop or they start transforming. They start transforming. But there's been an energy lock between me and that other person, and Kim's work just unlocked it. And then it could be anything that's bugging me. It couldn't have to be a person. It's something I'm worried about. It could be kind of a setback or a failure that we've had in the company. And in the course of an hour, I'll do six of them. At the end of it, all the blocked energy is gone, and I'm off and running doing what I am supposed to be doing. That's an example of it. I can give you lots of other examples. And just to make it really practical and tactical as you talk about it, He can do this with places. He can do this with situations. For example, before I do the workshop, he'll come in and clear all the energy in the workshop room so that there's no hangover from what may have happened there yesterday. The energy is all fresh. And if you ask me how he does it, I have as much wisdom about how he does what he does as I do about how a 350 hitter can hit a curveball. I said, I don't know how somebody who bats 350 in the major leagues can hit a curveball. I do not know how that actually happens, but I've seen it happen, and I know there are all sorts. And we're talking about capability. As many human beings that there are on the planet, Mike, there are that many or even more capabilities that are unique. This is endlessly fascinating to me because I got introduced to energy work very early on in my life, but I didn't know what it was. and At one point, I got very interested in Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Neil Donald Walsh, that whole genre of work. I went to Egypt with those two and really witnessed some fantastic things. And I became very good friends with a Lakota native uh, chief who invited me to a real Sundance, not a white person's Sundance. And I witnessed a Sundance, which is also quite the spectacle. So the influence the merger of energetics. And my way of describing this and some of my experiences have been this past year, I went through a phase in life where I started waking up. I didn't feel like me. I was anxious and felt depressed in some cases. And I didn't know what it was. And the way I interpret it now is the universe saying it's time to reinvent and switch up your life. We're not going to let you do things the way you've been doing it. You've done what you need to do. That's my interpretation. I ended up bumping into, they actually bumped into me, a group of people who do deep energetic work. The way they describe themselves is they do the equivalent of 30 or 40 years worth of therapy in three months. And when you get into the energetics, for many of us, we've got traumas that we carry around with us. 
and they could be epigenetic, meaning passed on through generations, or they could in fact be something self-inflicted. It could be an addiction. But a real practical one today is a true addiction that we see in our society is the addiction to phones and social media and how people just walk around like drones staring at their phone and their life begins and ends there. And they're more and more miserable. I think it's reasonable to say phones cause anxiety and depression and the addiction to them. But so do relationships where you've been practicing a behavior over and over again. And from an energetic point of view, you've got all these things occurring and we'll put them in what we call the chaos container. In other words, the more chaos you have, the more addictions you have, whether they're physical addictions or mental addictions or being hooked, like you were talking about, all of that chaos makes you less effective and less emotionally available. Energetically, the way the universe works is the more emotionally available and conscious you are and least hooked, the more the universe will give you what you want to as long as you're aligned for it and in it, right? And just like you were saying, if you're hooked emotionally by someone, think of it like there's a rope and an anchor that's connected to you right to your neck and it prevents you from doing or being who you are And again, it could be some sort of way they move that activates an old trauma from your past or who knows what it is, but it's there. And for some reason, a great energy worker can do either a short exercise that decouples that or makes you aware of it. Or sometimes, this is the part that I don't understand, sometimes their presence changes that behavior or whatever that action is. It really is fascinating, but what I've learned over and over again, and there's an example, if you've ever seen, there's a TV show called Billions. Paul Giamatti's in it, along with a few actors, and it's about a billionaire hedge fund manager who's being chased down by a New York state attorney who knows and believes he's up to no good, but it turns out that the attorney's wife actually works for the billionaire. So there is a conflict, it's a very complicated relationship, but she does very deep psychological work that I would consider on the realm of being energy work. What I've learned as I've learned more about business and high level people and, you know, Tony Robbins' example, he brings energy workers with him everywhere he goes when he travels. But some of the highest ranking, most successful people actually bring energetic workers with them Mm -hmm. everywhere they go and travel just to clear and remind them and help them relieve the traumas, the attachments, the hooks that exist that create the chaos that make them less effective. So I at least wanted to begin there in this conversation. And then Mm -hmm. I have a few other directions we could go, but I just want to get your input and feedback, some of your thoughts on that. What I would say, and certainly this is the case, you don't talk through any of this stuff. You just describe the situation and he works on it and then it's gone. The other thing is, if you talk to him a half hour later, he doesn't remember anything that happened. So he has no memory of what you said. He has no memory. It's just he has a way of whatever the blockage is or whatever thing that's gone, and that's what he does. And I'll give you another example, and it'll kind of broaden the dimension. The biggest client that we have in our coach program has pretty well upwards of 10,000 employees, okay, nationwide. 
He was going through a difficult personal situation, but he was having trouble in his business. And so Kim went to his headquarters in New York and went into the boardroom where they had the meetings. And there were about 20 people who would be in the meeting. And he walked around the table and he said, why don't you sit at the top of the table rather than in this chair right here? So Kim was able to tell him exactly where he sat in the meetings. And then he walked around the table and he said, this individual here and this individual here and this individual are actively trying to sabotage your company. So he cleared the room, he cleared him, and within three months, all three of them quit. That is interesting. Now, I've had stuff just like that happen, which defy explanation. And sometimes, again, it'll be, so here's the thing that's going to be, in my mind, most difficult for our listeners, because the logical entrepreneurial mind is going to be like, well, how does this work? And how do I hack this? And how do I get this? And what's the system? And do you have a checklist? And this doesn't work that way. This is where you enter into the world of ambiguity Mm -hmm. and embracing subtle things that simply cannot be observed until you've done the work. Mm -hmm. You become sensitized much to the same way for a man to finally understand what their woman really means when she says certain words and what she wants has nothing to do with the words coming out of her mouth. It's similar to that. Yeah. And I think the whole thing is that both of us are wordsmiths. You know, we're really big on finding the right word to get across the right message in the right circumstance. So this doesn't negate other capability worlds that you've mastered. It's just another capability world. It's not a denial. It's not a counter to that world. It's just like it's just another world. And my feeling is that humans just have immense number of dimensions of capability that can neither be observed or explained. Yes. So I'll give you an example of something pretty profound that happened in my life. So you go back a year, I reached this point where I'm like, there's certain things that don't feel right to me anymore, but I had a lot of stories. I'll call them identity addictions. So some of my identity addictions are Everyone knows Mike has a studio. Everyone knows Mike to be a brand and have certain products. And here's what he does. And the truth was I had outgrown a lot of who I was visibly and it didn't feel comfortable anymore. And I'd also reached a point where the way I'd describe it is, you know, when a band has been on the road for 15 or 20 years and they're like, they just decide they're done. They don't want to do it anymore. And they're like, but what are the fans going to think? And what's going to, and it's like, Right now, we have to do what's right because our kids don't know who we are and neither do our wives, and I want a different life. That's basically what goes on. But unraveling and unwinding and changing without it destroying the life you think you have and who you are and all that kind of thing, that's difficult for most people to decouple. And you meet a lot of entrepreneurs, I know you know a lot of them, I know a lot of them, who wind up being miserable alcoholics whose lives fall apart and they try to cope or compensate outside because they're not doing what they're meant to do. Mm -hmm. Reinvention is not an easy thing for most people, especially the older we get. What I did is I set out to really get clear on what these things meant, which meant a lot of sessions, energy sessions, as you would say, and beyond. And some of it required some really deep reprogramming of Mm -hmm. who self was 
And some of the exercises that I did took days of time and they were really hard. You know, I faced some very hard truths, some old traumas and some old fears from my past. But the net result is I made a commitment that I wasn't going to do events anymore, for example, which was a huge shift and not knowing what would come next. But I can tell you without doing the deep energetic work and relinquishing these ties and connections and attachments and responsibilities, thinking if I don't do this, then so-and-so, something's going to happen to so-and-so, all those things, realizing that I wasn't responsible. I had done my part, but in the same realm, I'll run into an entrepreneur who can't, for the life of them, accept the fact that they need to charge more money because they've got a lot of old stories about why something's not worth something and why they're not worth it and why people are going to abandon them. Mm -hmm. All of this, those kinds of challenges and problems can literally disappear in a matter of minutes Mm -hmm. when you're working with an energy worker. And sometimes it's logical and it's process driven and sometimes it's just their presence and they go, well, move this, change this. Sometimes it's literally changing the colors of the clothing you wear. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even done some work with homeopathic remedies, which I thought was a whole bunch of bunk. And in some cases, you know, it's been proven that it's not, but never underestimate the fact that there are certain unseens that affect everything. Yes. And if you haven't had exposure to this before, there are a lot of charlatans out there. But I think again, Dan, this is an area that I'm so glad you're interested in it. And I think as we work together, we'll find additional ways to be able to articulate our stories and maybe come up with some tools that we can share with our listeners to help them expand not only their consciousness, but their capabilities as well. Yeah, I was just thinking there, we're both farm boys from the Midwest, and it's kind of interesting. We should do a podcast on lessons learned because you grew up on a farm where there were cycles. And the other thing is a lot of death on the farm. You know, things die. The more I go along, the more I feel grounded because I had the first 11 years on the farm. And that's a precarious life. I mean, your financial year can end in a 30-minute hailstorm. We had greenhouses, and our greenhouses went in 30 minutes. We lost all our greenhouses in 30 minutes because of the hail. That stuff's traumatic. But, you know, the thing is that the best way to approach this is have goals that you want to get to that you're being held back by. Because I always find that it's who you want to be, the bigger, better you that you visualize and commit yourself to that actually identifies the blocks. Exactly. The funny thing is, what I've learned in going through this process and identifying the blocks is all of them really revolve around attachments to the past, fears. And in fact, I did a little study. I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but I did a research on the top three fears men have and women have. Did I share this with you? No. Okay. No, what you do, Mike, say, but we'll wait till the next podcast to actually tell oh, you what totally these... totally do that. You'll get murder threats if you don't tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> do these because they're super yeah. short. So the first one for men are rejection, which makes sense, okay, from the childhood being rejected from women. The next one is irrelevance, being made irrelevant. And the third is being a disappointment. Oh, wow. Those are really yeah. good. Yeah, aren't they? 
These are the men ones, right? That you just yep, said. Yeah, those are the men ones. Yeah, rejection, irrelevance, and disappointment. Disappointment, being a disappointment. And you think about it for men, what would cause a man to abandon a family? It's like this constant barrage of those three things. Those become stories that get identified with yourself and your ego, right? It's an ego attachment. So, you know, true energy work decouples that even on the deepest level. You think about the causes, the true causes of addiction and failure. You know, it revolves around those. And there are many other fears, obviously, but those appear to be the top three. Now, for women, the top one is being liked. So I could be being accepted. And you can see how wounded a girl is if she's not liked. Another one, and this is interesting, I still haven't processed this fully, but it revolves around um, trading family time for work time. So it's the conflict between those. And the third is the end of a relationship or betrayal, which again, when you get down to the core the essence, both on a flesh, in other words, looking at man or women as animals, you can mm-hmm. see how those are deep, but they also reach the deepest core of ourselves. So now I know when I'm doing my energy work, that's the first question I ask, at least on a logical basis, is which of my core fears is being activated? And am I activating someone else's core fears through my behaviors, my mm-hmm. actions, or even my presence? Mm-hmm. And that certainly helps alleviate ego attachment. But then beyond that, having someone in between who's doing that work. And in my case, the group that I work with, we call themselves high performance accelerators. And they literally just have a magical skill set that goes Mm -hmm. beyond anything I've witnessed for removing, eliminating, you know, the live wires, the past grounded roots that seem to hold people stuck for so long. And it ultimately is that attachment. Mm -hmm. For some people, they'll spend 30 years in therapy and never get anywhere. And then, you know, they work with these guys in 24 hours, their lives are changed. We could go on and on and on trading Mm -hmm. breakthroughs that happened without our actually understanding what was going on and happened very, very quickly and then just never came back. It's true. It's very true. So this is a very open-ended session, but I think we can probably bring this one to a close too. But from your line of thinking, Dan, aside from telling people if you've enjoyed this, head to Capability Amplifier, leave us comments, questions, messages, if you've got anything that you want to say to Dan or I. But how do you want to wrap this one up? What should be our request? Well, I'm very, very happy to pass on the contact information for Kim White. So that'll be at this site. I won't say it over the air because I want you to show some initiative to actually go after it. But Kim, I highly recommend. And it's kind of funny because people say, well, I don't believe in any of that woo-woo stuff that you're talking about here. I said, I don't think that's required. I says it works whether you believe in it or not. Exactly. If you have ever found that you haven't been able to explain why something worked or something didn't work, well, then maybe there's something beyond your perception. And that's part of what the energetics are all about. Mm-hmm. There are many, many nuances. So I will do the same thing, Dan. I have a resource from my high performance acceleration team. There's a little explainer video that you can watch and learn more about how some of these things work and how some of the people who use and work with them get results. So I'll make sure that I make that happen as well. 
Great, great subject and kind of out of the blue for a lot of people because, you know, both of us have been known as very practical, push-ahead coaches and packagers for people. And there's not only what you see, but there's also the electricity in the walls that make things happen. It's so true. It's so true. Well, Dan, I think we brought this one to its logical conclusion. As usual, it is awesome to be sharing some wisdom and big ideas with you. And I'm looking forward to the next Capability Amplifier. Thank you very much, Mike. Will you head over to iTunes right now to rate the Capability Amplifier show? Every rating and review helps spread the message and create more empowered entrepreneurs like you. And if you've already done that, please share this episode with a friend who you know can benefit from Capability Amplifier. And if you have any questions or suggestions, head over to capabilityamplifier.com. There you can leave us an audio message and Dan and I listen to every single one of them. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you soon.